Welcome to Mouthful. I'm Lori Lynn Barker. Mouthful is a podcast about food, culture, and the makers in the world. Today's episode, I promise, I promise, I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Maurice McBride, a man who is making a difference in the world. Here is the mouthful word of the week, polyhistor. Polyhistor, P-O-L-Y-H-I-S-T-O-R. And the definition is someone gifted or learned to a great extent or in multiple disciplines, a great scholar. Well, I can definitely tell you that Dr. Maurice McBride is a polyhistor. Mouthful is sponsored by CCF Documentation. Let CCF develop your e-learning or instructional video training, from training assessment to course creation and LMS administration. CCF is your one-stop training resource. Check them out at ccfdocumentation.com. I first met Dr. Maurice McBride in a chat room on Xbox while playing Left 4 Dead, a zombie-killing video game. Well, actually, Art was the first person to start talking to Maurice. It's kind of funny how the universe works. One chance meeting and a friendship was formed. We have known Maurice for years and years and have always been in awe of his accomplishments. His recent accomplishments will amaze you. Here is the best part of the story about our friendship. We have never met Maurice face to face. It's always been through Facebook. It's always been through Xbox and phone calls. And still, every once in a while, we see Maurice on Xbox. Without further ado, here's Dr. Maurice McBride. Maurice, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Lori? I'm great. I want people to hear your story so bad. We met on Xbox, of all things, uh, years ago, years and years ago. <laughs> right, definitely. And, definitely. I've, and I've followed your career, and you're one of the most fascinating people I have ever known. Oh wow! Um, thanks. I, I, you know, I'm 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 deeply humbled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want people to hear your life story, so I want to take people from the very beginning up to where you are today. So, start telling me where you are from and how you began. Oh wow! Okay, um, I'm from a small town. Well, I was born in Boston, and then um, I moved down south to a small town called Waynesboro, Georgia, um, with my mother and my grandmother. My mother was a, a, a young mother. She had me at the age of 13. Um, some unfortunate circumstances was the cause of the pregnancy, but you know, um, sometimes you know, great things come from bad circumstances. So um, that, that, that was the beginning of my life. Um, my mother went on to graduate high school and go on to college, and I ended up being raised by my grandmother um, for the majority of my my, my childhood. Um, at, at, at I guess around ten years old, I went to live with my mother, and um, it, it, after she had graduated from college, and um, it, it was um, it was a little difficult. Um, we, we didn't, we were more like brother and sister than, you know, mother and son. So the, that dynamic caused, you know, a lot of issues, um, you know, with me growing up. Um, and, and so <laughs> I guess I ended up going back to live with my grandmother and, um, I, and, and getting back there was where I wanted to be, but. She had aged by, 
see age by the time I was 14, 15, and I was becoming a young man, and, I, you know, I started hanging in the streets and eventually ended up dropping out of high school, um, dropping out of high school and getting in a lot of trouble, um, went uh, to a, a, a short-term vacation spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went on vacation. Um, wasn't wasn't quite the vacation I would have liked to go on, but you know I went on vacation, and um, um, upon leaving vacation, uh, I, I I I before I, well let me let me back up a little bit before I had gone to vacation I I was trying to get in the music industry because I'd always loved music and I wanted to be a rapper and you know. My mother told me, she's like, every little boy wants to be a rapper. It's a pipe dream. So that was the fuel behind my first career, I guess. You know, my mother, and I hate to say it, but, you know, my mother doubting my um, ability to become a rapper. And me with my, okay, I'll show you attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, um, you know, I made a lot of connections, um, you know, hanging out after concerts and you know, my first job was in radio. I was uh, on air personality at the age of 16. Wow. At the local radio station. And um, so by the time I was 18, I, um, I was working at my second radio station, 100.9 The Beat. And, you know, I just gained a lot of contacts through working through radio. And like I said, around 18, 19, I had dropped out of high school. And I ended up going on vacation <laughs> until I was about 20. <laughs> 20, you know, um, and, and at 2021, 21, I came home and I had written a song while I was on vacation. And it was just like, you know, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go in the studio and record it. So I did that. And I knew the guys that sung that song, Daisy Dukes, you know, the one that goes, come on, baby, kick those daisies, look at those girls with the Daisy Dukes song. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a mega, they had a mega hit. And I knew those guys. And I took my demo to one of those guys. I was like, listen, I was like, um, I want to get into this music thing. So he was like, okay, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And I let a few more people hear it in the industry and, it um it caught the attention of a, a group of guys who who just started a record label and they signed with a major record label um for distribution so um they took my demo to this major record label and then they came back and said okay Maurice, we got two labels that want to sign you um capital records and universal i said okay i said which one is paying the most money <laughs> and so um they were like well capital emi is paying um, they, they're offering you a hundred thousand for a single deal, and then they're going to open up the budget for your album at a million. I was like, okay, well then here we go. Let's go with capital. And so, basically, um, I, I I ended up with a Billboard uh, charting song, and um, simultaneously during this time, my grandmother was um, she was getting older, and there was no one there to take care of her. So I had to make a choice. It was either you know continue to really go hard with the music industry or come back to small town Waynesboro and take care of my grandmother. And, you know, um, I, I, I made the best decision. She took care of me when I couldn't take care of myself. So I thought it would, you know, the, the best thing to do would be to go back and take care of my grandmother. Well, inadvertently, I ended up having to leave the music industry because I couldn't tour. And, um, 
I, I came back and I, I took care of my grandmother. I started my own recording studio, my own production company. And, you know, I, I just, you know, worked from there. Um, and so around the age of 25, um, let me see, I guess I started going to college. And I opened up a my first business, which was a hair salon, barbershop, and a <laughs> hair supply store. And music store all in one. <laughs> of course. Uh, and right. It was called Hair Care Plus. <laughs> and I I also was doing um I was an A and R independent A and R rep for Jive Records at the time. So I was working for Jive. I had my own business and I just started um working on my undergrads at DeVry University. Now some people don't value DeVry, you know, they're like, It's not a real school, but I love the education that I received there because it was hands-on. And plus, when I graduated, they had three interviews already set up with me with their corporate uh, corporate partners. So I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is where I need to be. Um, so after graduating um, with my degree around, I, I guess I was 28. Um, yeah, I was. I was 28 when I graduated with my bachelor's degree. Um I know I said I dropped out of high school, so of course I had to go back and get my GED. I know I'm kind of jumping around, but oh, that's okay, um, no problem. So I got my GED, and I, you know, went to college at the age of 25. And from 25 to 27, I mean, see, I opened up one business, two businesses. Actually, um, I actually signed a, a a deal with the with the UPN Network. I had a television show called On the Real on the UPN Network where I showed, um, you know, music videos and interviewed other celebrities and so on and so forth. And then I opened a nightclub. So, you know, I, you know, I'm, I was sort of a serial entrepreneur. Um, and, and so, um, did you ever sleep? Um, I can't remember sleeping very much, but, um, I, I did do that you know, at some point, I'm sure. Um, when I opened the nightclub, the, my grand opening of my nightclub, my grandmother died the next day. So that kind of put me in a tailspin because she was all that I really knew. Um, she was more of my mother. And it kind of took my life um, down a, a, a downward spiral of sorts. Um, you know, deep depression. Um, I ended up getting out of the nightclub. I did finish school, though. That was the one thing that I, I said I was going to do. And that was rough, but I did finish. So at 28, um, I finished with my bachelor's degree. And um, I decided I wanted to go to law school. But my due to the fact that my grandmother had passed away and everything, I wasn't really focused. And my GPA wasn't high enough for me to go to law school at the time. So I decided, okay, I'm going to get my MBA. And then I'll go to law school. So right before I signed up to get my MBA, I opened another convenience store <laughs> in the in the town next to next to Waynesboro. Um, I opened a convenience store and um, it was it was nice. Um, and one day I was sitting outside the convenience store. Now this is funny. I was sitting outside the convenience store, and I was um, I had enrolled in in school. I was working on my MBA on the weekends, and I saw an eighteen wheeler go by. I was like, you know what? I think I want to drive trucks. So, <laughs> and I think that's when we met you. My husband and I met you. Right, right. So I said, I think I want to drive trucks. So what I did was I sold my convenience store and I um, moved my MBA studies to online. And then I went to truck driving school to learn how to drive trucks. Mm -hmm. So 
um, I started driving trucks and I was working on my MBA online. And um, and when I finished with my MBA, I got out of the truck and I started teaching. And so um, I became a teacher, started adjunct teaching at uh, Virginia College. And um, I did that for a minute. And <laughs> then I decided, okay, I'm going to go to law school. And my friend talked me out of law school. He's a lawyer. He said, why would you want to spend $80,000 on a degree at the age of 33? I think I was 33. So I was like, okay. Hmm. He's like, yeah. He's like, most people, you know, get their law degree at, um, you know, in their early 20s. He's like, so, you know, what type of lawyer are you going to be? I was like, I want to fight crime. He's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, criminals don't have any money. I was like, okay. And then he said, well, um, what else? I was like, maybe a corporate lawyer. He said, well, he said, I'm going to give you the hard, cold truth. He said, there are not many corporate lawyers that look like you, my friend. I was like, ah. You know, so he was really shooting me down. He was really discouraging me. He said, why don't you get your Ph.D.? And I was like, that's a lot of work. I don't think I want to do that. And he was like, well, you can still fight with the Ph.D. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right. So I look into it. So um, at at this time, my mother had actually started working on her Ph.D. at Walden University. And I told my mom, I was like, well, you know, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and apply to, you know, earn my PhD at Capella University. Um, and she was like, well, you know, you could go ahead. I'm probably going to drop out of the PhD program altogether. I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and sign up. So I signed up. And then shortly after, my mother went to a conference or something, and she was like, guess what? I signed up for Capella also. Now, Capella is one of the hardest and most rigorous programs on God's green earth. I did not know. I thought that, you know, because it was, you know, based online, that it would be easy. But no, <laughs> it was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Wow. So her and I, we, we started together. And um, so, uh, what, four years later, three years, four years later, we, we, we were the first mother and son to earn our PhDs from the same school on the same day. And, and that, so that's history. And that journey is documented in a book right now. Right? Almost a statistic. Almost a statistic. Written by Dr. Jessica Wallace McBride, which is my wife. Who we will meet later. Because what I want to do is I want to jump backwards. And I have two questions mm-hmm. about your what about what happened in your life. First of all, what was the name of your Billboard song? Tutti Frutti. <laughs> Tutti Frutti. And what was the name? What was your rap name? Uh, MC Moo and the Barnyard Click. <laughs> okay. And now I want to talk about your Oliver Vance project, because this kind of is how you met your wife. Correct. Um, so, um, well, I actually met her maybe um, a month or so before actually right maybe it was too much you want to get me in trouble Lori. i don't know <laughs> it was, but it was it was a few months into knowing her and i was telling her about this idea i had for a children's book about a little boy who sags his pants and you know i gave her the whole synopsis and she said well what are you waiting on to write it and i didn't have a legitimate answer for that so on a visit to her home 
I sat down one weekend and I wrote the rough draft of the book um, from start to finish. And then I gave it to her and she read it. She said, this is good. She said, but let me, let me just let me work with it. And so I gave it to her. And by the time I got the story back, um, I was like, wow, um, I, I, I never would have. And it was amazing. So um, the book is about a little boy named Oliver Vance who just won't pull up his pants. He likes to, um, he, he wants to fit in with the, the big kids, and he doesn't have the courage to be himself. And throughout the book, he basically misses out on a lot of opportunities because of his sagging pants. What was the motivation behind you writing the book? Just looking around in the community and just, you know, seeing um, a lot of the, the kids just walking around with their pants. They can barely walk, Lori. Um, <laughs> and so, and I and I asked them, I said, why do you do this? And they said, well, I don't know, my big brother does it. Or, you know, it's the style. And, you know, the kids don't understand. They never get a, a second chance to make a first impression. So, you know, they're all just being misguided. I mean, now, you know, if they choose to wear their clothes like that because that's what they want to do, there's nothing that I can say. But I do like to plant the seed, you know, about um, being appropriate and knowing how to dress well and so on and so forth. Um, you know, just in the part for, you know, the position you want to play in life. And if people are interested in the Oliver Vance Project, how do they get a hold of you? Do you still do presentations? Do you have people that go out and do the presentations for you? Yes, um, we still do presentations. We also have a team that um, brings out the full-size mascot to the schools. And we do a, um, a character education of sorts. Um, we we um, have the character come out and interact with the kids. We give away balloons and um, backpacks and posters. Um, if, and if anyone wants to get in contact with us, they can go to the website, uh, com, or they can reach us at the drmcbrideexperience.com. And the interesting thing about the Oliver Vance Project is you've also, you also wrote a song and danced to go with it. Correct. So the name of the song is the Oliver Vance Dance. And the video can be seen on YouTube. It can be. Uh, and once you hear it, mm -hmm. it gets stuck in your head. It's kind of like the baby shark thing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So music is still a, a very intricate part of my life. Um, I actually, in 2017, released a line dance song called Woe Now. I changed my name to Doc McBreezy, which can also be found on YouTube and all of the streaming um, outlets, uh, titles, Spotify, you know, Apple Music, so um, Google Play, any 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 one of those platforms. Now, is that so, the only song that you released in 2017? It is. You know, it it's is. Kinda hard. It's it's hard to teach in, be a, a recording artist, and own a business, and write art. You know, be an author and. Um, you know, do motivational speaking and oh gosh, it's just, I'm all over the place, but I have fun. Well, currently you now own another business, which is a trucking mm -hmm. company, correct? Oh yes. Um, oh wow. Yes. So I just started McBride Carriers last year, um, which is a trucking company and we are hiring. So, you are hiring. <laughs> yes, we are hiring. Yes, yes, definitely. And what's the um, name of the company? McBride Carriers. 
And if you if people are looking for a job, they can contact you at the website. Well, they can actually just go. Well, they can go on Facebook, okay, McBride Carriers page, and um, just click the link to apply. And if that wasn't enough, but wait, there's more. As I like to say, your book was picked up by a movie studio. So you were you did you star in the movie or did you just consult? Well, actually, the book was picked up um, by a director, um, Robert Carpenter. He um, he he's a director in California, of course, Hollywood, and he was putting together a docu movie called um, American Dropout. Okay, and and so the movie is based, you know, it, it it's um it's anchored in, in my experience, so to speak. Um, you know, but but it also chronicles the lives of other dropouts. But um, basically, the movie is about you know my journey from GED to PhD, and you know the American dropout rate, and you know how to um, I guess uh, assist in helping school districts minimize the school dropout rate. Um, you know, what are the things that make made me want to drop out? What are the things that make other students want to drop out? You know, um, so it's just it's just a look into the dropout's life, so to speak. So, um, and when can really, people expect to see this? Right now, um, from what I understand, it's in post production. It should be released fall 2019. So um, I know they're they're talking about, of course, the theater run and Netflix. So um, we're looking forward to it. And the name of the movie is The American Dropout? It's American Dropout by Robert Carpenter. Well, we'll definitely look for it because you don't have anything else to do, correct? <laughs> no, 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 nothing else, nothing else. What's on the horizon right now? What's what's your next thing to do? Are you going to release another song? Are you writing another book? Well, actually, we're in the process of actually getting the script written from the book to do um, a, a movie based on the entire story solely. Um, right now, the, the title of the movie is going to be From Nowhere to Now Here. So um, we're just waiting on the script to be completed, and then I guess production will start on that movie based on our story. If people are interested in contacting you, how do they do that? Um, the Dr. McBride Experience.com, www.drdrmcbrideexperience.com. Thank you to Dr. Maurice McBride. It makes me all kind of happy to know that there are people in the world like Dr. Maurice. Look for his story coming to Netflix. You can also purchase his book, Almost a Statistic, on Amazon. To find out more about the Dr. McBride Experience, go to drmcbrideexperience.com. You can also find out more about the Oliver Vance Project at olivervance.com. And if that wasn't enough, if you are looking to work for Dr. Maurice, go to McBride Carriers on Facebook and you can apply right on the page. The next time on Mouthful, I will talk to Jimmy Laprell. Jimmy is the founder of The Deserted Company. He delivers desserts through the mail. Kind of like the way this guy thinks. Mouthful is brought to you by CCF Documentation. 
Are you looking to get your new employees trained quicker and with better consistency? Is your technical documentation a mess? Then CCF documentation is the place for you. Specializing in aligning your technical documentation and employee training, CCF is at the forefront of providing effective and measurable training outcomes, customized to your company culture at a price that will fit your budget. Whether you are looking to create a company-wide e-learning training program or you want to create training contact for your customers, CCF documentation has a solution you need. Contact CCF at ccfdocumentation.com. Thank you to the Ladies Chit Chat Club and look for my fellow podcasters like The Wine Yogi. The Wine Yogi will take her knowledge of wine and her teachings of yoga and combine the two. And she's also into meditation and she's fasting. She's a, she's a very interesting woman. And you can look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please feel free to contact me at mouthfulthepodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to leave you with a little of the Oliver Vance dance. Enjoy. With Mouthful, I'm Lori Lynn Barker. Stay fresh, cheese bag. Throw your hands up, do your dance, bring it back, pull your pants.
hands up. Uh, everybody throw your hands up. Do your dance, bring it back, pull your pants up. Uh, everybody throw your hands up. Do your dance, bring it back, pull your pants up. Uh, everybody throw your hands up. Do your dance, bring it back, pull your pants up. Good.